Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 195. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, we're getting very close to 200. We got to do something. I, I think we said this before, but now that we're getting close, we got to put a, a plan together for the 200th episode. It's got to be like a big, a big thing. We should just upstage the Bruins and just rent out Kowloon one day. <laughs> like, sorry guys, you can't come here. We got, we got these two idiots taking up an entire banquet hall eating Saugus wings. We'll, we'll think of something. We, or we so if the Bruins refuse to give us the Kowloon, we can go to Hockey Town and do it from there. And I think that right. would be a good consolation prize to the Kowloon. In Absolutely. My I mean, I I feel like it's lost some of its charm. I heard someone say that the um the the brick wall isn't there. You can't like bank pucks off of it anymore. Is I haven't been there in a while, but I have also not been to Hockey Town since I was in like high it's school. A, it's so a, it's I can... a shame. But if, if <laughs> it that is. is if that is the case, then I mean, what's what's the point of what's the point of trekking up there? What's tre- what's the point of going up to Route One if you can't I, even go to Hockey Town and get the, the true Hockey Town experience? I agree. Uh, I always loved at that rink the uh, you could hear the rats running in the in yes. the ceiling. That was fun, and there was a gym that they used to take us to up at the like up on the second floor, and it was just like covered in dust, gross. Yeah. But like it's like Hockey Town. I mean, you're not when you go to Hockey Town, you're not expecting you know high-end stuff it's 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 a little more rough and tumble so it's like it's like you know in a miracle when like they're getting ready to go out there and like herb's getting the speech ready and you can like the the fans stomping their feet and like they can hear it yes. in the locker room that's like what the rats are at Hockey yes they're like getting, yes. getting you riled up they are they're the fans they're they're they're, uh, they're motivating they're eating, us they're eating 10 month old pizza crust it's kind of <laughs> a little bit different but i don't i mean rink rink pizza is maybe 10 months mess. old so uh, yeah i, I, I digress so <laughs> I, I, yeah, I go to a, got a lot of rinks and there's some, I, I've gotten good at like knowing the ones that have good food or like by good, I mean like edible food yes. and then others that I'm just like, I'm not going, I'm not touching that, you know, I'm going, no I'm thanks. Going to, I'm going to the 99 instead. Exactly. That's, that's what I do. Even if it's a little more expensive, I'll gladly do the 99. Um, anyways, uh, I forgot to ask this, Connor. What is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, people always, uh. Get aggravated when I don't ask that. You don't say that you're doing great. So I got to make sure that that's uh, set in stone. Um, anyway, so in this episode, uh, we want to kind of look back at the season so far. Uh, big picture stuff. Uh, it's like we're the History Channel, right? Instead of Rutherford B. Hayes, we're going to look at uh, the last three months of the Bruins season. 
So, uh, lucky us. Lucky us, Connor. Um, we'll start with this question. As we record this on Tuesday, January 16th, uh, the Bruins are 26-8-9. and nine. They are first in the Atlantic. Uh, I believe they're second in the NHL in points, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. I think they're one off maybe the Jets, I want to say. Oh, God. Um, yeah. You can be first in the Atlantic. Just please don't be first in the NHL. Um, are you surprised? I, I think so, right? I mean, we talked about this before the season started that, you know, we, I think, had pretty high expectations of this team, that they were going to be better than I think most of us um, thought. That being said, and yes, it, I think it was boosted by how strong they started the year, which a lot of that relied on their goaltending playing at a absurd level. But I, I think for all of the major concerns and like, don't get me wrong, this team had quite a few. Like we, we thought the goaltending and the defense were going to be set in stone. But when you look at, you know, the the amount of younger players in the lineup, are they going to be ready? Is Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka ready for top six minutes? Um can Jake DeBrusque build off of last year? What was last year not liar for Frederick? There was so many. It wasn't like there was, you know, that one line in question where you're like, all right, how's that line going to mesh? You had four, like, lines completely in flux when you, which is to be expected when you don't have Bergeron and Krejci, two foundational guys there anymore. But I, I think you look at this season, and, yeah, it's been through its fair share of ups and downs. It's, you know, as strong as this year's been, I don't think there's been, like, sustained stretch of, like, perfect 60-minute hockey. I mean, I guess – you're asking for probably too much to expect that because it's a game of mistakes anyway. Um, but that being said, even though this season has not been to the unsustainable, absurd level of, of last year, I think there's been a whole lot more pleasant surprises than you know negative setbacks, whether you look at guys stepping into elevated roles and performing well, guys like Pasternak still playing at an elite level, younger players shipping in, the amount of value adds you've had. Um, again, it, it hasn't been you know the most seamless season of, all things considered, but a lot has gone right for this team than gone wrong through the first, you know, three plus months of the season. I am surprised. I am. I mean, you hit it there with like the amount of question marks coming in. And I think what's even been kind of crazy is that it's not like all of those questions were answered. You, you mentioned DeBrusque. He has not produced near the level that we expected. Uh, the defense has not been uh, as consistent as we uh, expected it to be and that it should be uh you know again you look at you know some areas up front where the lines are still kind of in flux and they're still finding ways to win uh obviously what matters is the playoffs I think we can all agree on that but it is surprising given that Bergeron and Krejci are not here Bertuzzi uh, and Hall and Orloff and all these guys that were big for you last year and obviously they aren't they all weren't going to stay but uh, you know going back to Bergeron and Krejci I think the biggest thing is the transition from uh, a post-Bergeron and Krejci era uh, with Coyle and Zaka and other guys, you know, Patra and Frederick and other guys, Geeky, filling in down the middle, it has the transition hasn't been as bad as we thought. And I think, you know, Coyle has been sensational. And he has stepped in as sort of that, uh, you know, as really kind of a number one center. He played like it on Monday between Martian and Pasternak. Zaka's fit in like... To me, it is a surprise. I didn't expect this. Um, I didn't expect the center depth to not be an issue, <laughs> or it not a big, not as big of an issue as other parts of the roster. Um, and I think I'm surprised that they're like this because even when they were rolling at the beginning of the year, there were a lot of games where it was like they shouldn't have won that game. They they did not play great, and they still yeah. won. So they still have that identity of they find ways to win, and that's great. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised, but again. 
what matters to me, to you, to listeners, to everybody is how are you going to do in the playoffs, which we'll get to later in the show. But I think, you know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I, even going off of like what's been the most, I think, shocking development out of all of it is, again, I think you could pick any one of 20 different things. There's been a lot of positives that, you know, a lot of guys have stepped up, but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think the biggest surprise is the center depth has not been really an issue at all. Like, and it's, again, it's not just coil on pace for 30 goals and 60 plus points. Zaka, you know, stepping in and being on pace for, I think, 50-ish points this year. Um, and, you know, beyond those two guys, you look at, like, Matt Potter, he's obviously injured right now, but still showing a lot of promise in his first year. And even if he, let's say he plateaus or he finishes around, you know, 30-ish points, pretty good for a guy that's 19 when, you know, again, we, we've talked about this before, like, you get past the growing pains of this year, all of a sudden next year, you've got a guy who's gone through a full season, knows what to expect at the NHL level, has a full offseason to train with that approach. Like, you've got a guy who's already gone through those hurdles and is already contributing right now, which is encouraging, but you add in the fact Frederick's done well there. Morgan geeky stepped up and been a really solid player in a top six role. And again, it helps when you've got elite talent on the wings, like a Pasternak and a Marshand and those guys. But um, I think the biggest question marks up front for the forward core has usually been, you know, key contributors on the wing, like a guy like DeBrusque, or it's been like maybe the fourth line of just how much it's shuffled and you're trying to find that identity there. But Everyone talked about as soon as the this odd scene started is uh, what exactly you're going to have down the middle because you know it's not we're not uh, uncovering any uh, mystery here in terms of looking at roster construction. You need guys driving play down the middle. You can't you know as much as like the Vegas Golden Knights existed for quite a few years without any like proven centers uh, and they had a lot of talent on the wings driving play. You need guys in the middle and so far whether it's Coil Zaka any one of those guys they've done a very very good job at it. Yes, I agree. And this segues perfectly to uh, what's been the biggest positive surprise this season. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would say probably Coyle uh, and those guys stepping up. Like, again, it's probably just an overarching thing for that that position. But I think that that talent down the middle and again, like we can go through any other one of the many guys that Don Sweeney assigned. I'm sure you'll you'll pick something else for that. But I think when you look at what the biggest question mark for this team was, it was going to be just who is going to be driving play at some critical areas of the lineup. Um, like, I think Coyle's been, especially money the last uh, couple months, um, just the way he's playing, um, pretty solid. He has his off nights in the face off top, but as a whole, has been pretty good. Um, and that production, it's been huge. This is a guy that... Someone's kind of like Carlo's contract where people saw it and they're complaining about it for a year or two. But I think you're starting to see what his value is because at worst case, you add in like another center down the road. He's still, I think, a very, very elite third line center. But he looks like a pretty damn good top six right now as well. And I think you look at Carlo and how good that contract looks. Keeps on playing the way he's done this season. Um, I think there's a lot to like about just what Coyle has brought as a steadying presence in a, a forward core that's been in a state of flux for most of this year. Coil is the answer. I think you just look at the point production, 32 points in 43 games. Is that far off of what Bergeron would be at right now if he was here? No, I yeah, think it'd be pretty yeah. similar, yeah. Uh, if not more. So uh, I, I, to me, Coil is the number one. But I, I'll actually say the number two answer. You mentioned the Sweeney signings. Yeah. And I want to pick one, but I'd go with Swayman. I'm, now, you just dropped a bunch of marbles. I did. <laughs> It's like this marbles falling all over the desk. Yes. Um, I would go with Swayman. 
I think Jeremy Swayman has been a big positive surprise in the sense that we knew uh, after those arbitration comments, we knew after the offseason he had staying in Boston uh, after that playoff loss, he was going to be good, but it's like, okay, well, how good is he going to be? How good can he be? It's his third, his third full season in the NHL, and I just think he's looked a lot better. I think he's definitely played a lot better. The numbers are outstanding. He's an all-star uh, right now with, with Omar Hurt. He hasn't missed a beat. Um, and I'm curious to see how this kind of continues because I don't think you want to rush Olmark back. And because if this is something that could linger, I don't think there's any reason to rush him back. I want to see what Swayman can do uh, continually over an extended stretch of time. But to me, that's the bit that's been the big positive surprise this year in terms of what you've gotten from him. And I think he's consistently shown, okay, this is not just, you know, a really good goalie we developed who could be the goalie of the future. He is. Definitely the goalie of the future and potentially a top five starter in the NHL. Like, I think he's getting into that territory of being in the conversation with those guys of like, oh, here's this stud number one who can uh, play 50, 55 games in a season. Um, so I think that's been a pretty big surprise. Um, but again, I would go with Coyle as probably the number one, but I would I'd go Swayman right after yeah. that. Um, before we continue on this, our friends at FanDuel. They got something to say. The NFL season is wrapping up, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. So uh, we talked positive surprise. Uh, let's go with biggest disappointment this season, uh, which again, their first place, there hasn't been... Many, but what would you say is your biggest disappointment? 
Yeah, I would say if you look collectively like at the Fords, and I think that there's been a lot of overachievers there because even I'll, I'll just throw it back real quick and say like JVR, Heinen, all these guys they've signed have been money for what their value is. So yes. again, it's oh, been God. a lot. Of, we could talk for a while about the biggest surprises. I think for uh, biggest disappointment, it's going to be probably just the decor as a whole because again, where this team would be without Swayman and Allmark playing at such a high level be a lot of, I think, five, four games that I don't think you uh, really want to be uh, involved in when you look at just the DNA of this team, how it's built. Um, I think the the defense on the rush, you look at the, the net front and kind of the struggles there with guys that, again, you've got a really, really strong, especially top four, whether it's uh, Lindholm and Carlo, who were money all of last year, Grizzlick and McAvoy, you can talk whatever you want to say about them in the postseason where Grizzlick fits but they've been as close to a cheat code at five and five play in the regular season. Um, they haven't really, you know, hit that same stride. McAvoy's been producing, but he's still kind of it's a work in progress of finding the best partner. Grizzlick's been dealing with injuries, so um, I think probably just the defense as a whole has been probably the most surprising thing. It's not to say that this is what they are. Like the talent is there and the structure is there. That I wouldn't be surprised if they short things up and kind of get back to playing, you know, how they were last year, but. I think you looked at uh, them kind of getting punched in the mouth against Florida at the end of last season. And it's not like the same thing where it's just like a, a four check is what's doing them in, but there's been a lot more lapses this year with a lot of very good defensemen that I think is definitely been probably the most concerning thing. I would probably say team wide um, going into this uh, midway point of the year. Well, yeah, I mean, you even look at last year, and I know Lind Holmes had tougher minutes, but you look, you know, his point production was off the charts last year getting Norris Love. I think he's taken a little bit of a step back. Um, you know, Carlo's been great, but you're right, like McAvoy was had a tough couple of months. Grizzlick uh, really hasn't seemed to have been himself this year. Um, so I agree with you. I think defensively that's been a, a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, I'll go up front with Jake DeBrusque. I think you expected a lot more. Now, there's still time. Again, this is the halfway point. There's a lot of time left. And what's frustrating with DeBrusque is he's playing the right way. I don't think the lack of production is because he's lazy or because he's, you know, um, bad away from the puck. Like, I think he's been fine. I just think the production hasn't been there. And maybe it's a lack of, you know, two consistent line mates. Maybe he is better with a legitimate number one center um, in between him and a wing. But... Uh, I just think you you expected more. This makes it harder now to decide what that next contract is going to be because if he continues to be this inconsistent, is he worth that money? So I think he's created a lot more questions this year while also lowering his trade value, which again, like last year was around a first-round pick. You could have probably got a first for Jake DeBrusque in a good trade market. Now I don't know if that's the case. I think you get less. So I would put him as a disappointment just... And the other thing you have to consider is, like, this team needs goal scorers. Like, scoring is a need. Yeah. And the fact that you haven't been able to get that from him um, makes the 26-8-9 start all that more impressive. But it could be a lot better, and I think it would be a lot better going forward if, if he was producing. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think that's been key. And again, he's, as I said, he's playing the right way. I think he's producing a little bit more, so hopefully he's getting back on track. I don't think you're expecting a, a 30 goal season at this point. I think those predictions are going to fall a little bit flat this year, but we still in the year around 20, 25 goals gets hot. At the right time can give you 40 points. And again, he's playing, he's not, you know, impacting the team down the other end of the ice. I think he's really developing into a good two way player. It's just, 
got to produce, right? Like uh, that is the biggest thing. The thing that the team desperately needs is just that extra guy that can uh, impact scoring. Like look at how much of a lift a guy like Frederick being on pace for 20 goals has given this team down that area of the lineup. And if DeBrusque's in the top six and it's not just Pasternak and Martian doing the heavy lifting or coil, um, just how much more dangerous this team would be. So again, I think DeBrusque has evolved into a very good two-way player, but that value is not going to be anywhere close to being realized if he's not producing. And again, he's playing a lot better, I think, over this last you know month or so. You just hope he keeps on building it because, again, I think if you're a Bruins fan, you'll forget a couple of slow months in November and December if all of a sudden he's heating up when uh, the games start really mattering in a few months. Yeah, I, that's a that's a big one. Um, uh, definitely something that isn't a disappointment. It's something that we love and and we enjoy. Uh, as our good friends over at Factor Meals, get started on your New Year's resolutions with Factor, so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead. Get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from each week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. No more wasting time in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy for my New Year's goals. So head to FactorMeals.com Poke50 and use code Poke50 to get 50% off. That's code P-O-K-E 50. Factor Meals, your go-to ready-to-eat meal delivery service. And now, let's get back to the show. Such good music in that one. It's like Banger. it's a beat and it's fun i mean you know i want to like set that music to like people dancing it's like a funny like twitter thing but maybe it wouldn't be that funny um I think be, anyway I think unsung here i think it'd be funny evan you thank you thank you my twitter I, I, my twitter game sometimes it's just it's not there it hasn't my fastball on twitter hasn't been there this year and that's okay you know that's it, fine it, it, i had a guy tweet, i had a guy tweeted me yesterday and said i had a horrible tweet and i thought it was a funny tweet i don't even remember what it was but <laughs> I remember I, I tweeted back and I said, they're not, I'm not hitting a dinger every time at the plate. Paul Murphy, not, that's his name. Paul Murphy. Yeah, 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 Paul. Friggin' Paul, all right? We can't hit home runs every time. Sometimes it's just, you know, singles up the middle. Hit, you know, just Sometimes get on the outfield grass. Sometimes you strike out. That's fine. Do the William yeah. Opeña. Hit a dinger or strike out. That's all you do. Exactly. 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 Um, I agree. And so The best thing about Twitter is, like, You'll tweet something and be like, oh, this this is the one. This is going to bang. And then it doesn't do anything. But then it'll be like a random tweet that like does well. And I'm, I'm like, oh, wow, that was surprising, and, I guess. And then it'll be the, like, the, the weekend walking through town. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. This is dumb. And then it <laughs> takes off. It's everywhere. <laughs> yes. what, was, what did that end up with likes and retweets wise? Do you remember? Uh, like 150,000 likes, something like that. It was something That's like crazy. that. It was, it was stupid. It was so fucking dumb. And then I got, <laughs> and then, and then I got DMCA'd. So you, like, it only lasted for like a month. Yeah. And then it, yeah, it got, it got next. I remember seeing that within like the minute that you first tweeted it and it had already like, it had like a hundred retweets, retweets and, likes. and I was like, oh yeah. God. And I remember seeing this and being like, this is going to freaking kill. This is going to do numbers. And, uh, that was a, a great snipe by you getting that. Um, anyways, unsung hero for the Bruins. Um, 
I'll go first on this. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk, I think, has been an unsung hero for the Bruins. Um, one year, one million. We really didn't know what to expect from him going into this year. He's slower. Uh, there was, you know, a little dip in production, but there was still, again, you looked at pre-Philadelphia, he's a veteran guy that always finds a way to produce, he's good around the net front of the power play, alright, that's a good base to have, um, but just what he's given you in terms of offense, both, uh, sustained zone time and off the rush, um, how consistent he's been, for the money that he's making and just, you know, that veteran presence, I think has been great. And, um, you know, I think he fits anywhere, whether that's the top six, whether that's that third line. Like, I just think he works and especially on that power play around the net. I mean, he really is freaking good. So I would put him as an unsung hero, but this team is not short on unsung heroes. Yeah. I mean, you can, yeah, go down the list, whether it's like a guy like, again, JVR for the money he's making, Heinen for the money he's making. Yeah. Um, Heinen's a good one. Uh, Parker, I mean, like, again, we gave a shout out, I think, on Bruins beats Parker Willispoon. He was, he had a really good game on Monday. He's been good as a seventh uh, D stepping up. Um, I'll go with Trent Frederick, though. Again, this guy that I think has been a difference maker further down the lineup. Like earlier on this year, he was producing pretty well with Coil, and we're like, keep those guys together. Don't break it up. But he's kind of producing wherever in the lineup right now. Um, and again, you look at the physicality he brings, but just the overall production, the fact that he's on pace for. Uh, close to 20 goals 40 points and how key that is further down the lineup uh it's been huge for the bruins and i think same thing with like debrusque of how much it makes this overall team better when you have a guy like that that you can rely on for 20 20 or so goals a year um it, it's, it's been massive and i i think ty anderson tweeted this out that over the last four years bruins are 31 two and two when frederick scores a goal but sums it up not when bad a guy like him contributing <laughs> usually is a good sign that you got another key part of your lineup kind of rolling because most of the time you can you know what you're expecting when you've got a, a top six with guys like Pasternak and, and Martian leading the way when you have guys down the other area of the lineup that are still landing punches in the offensive zone like that both figuratively and on the score sheet um uh, I think it's just a complete game changer for this team so I'll, I'll give the uh give the stick tap to uh Frederick for this one Frederick deserves it as well as JVR. I think Frederick, just in terms of combining the two things we love about his game, the physicality and the edge, and then also the offensive side. And I think I mentioned this the other day, like, he's played with everybody. It's not like he has, like, two really good line mates he's been playing with the entire year. It's been, you know, he's shuffled in the middle. He's gone on the left side of different players, and he's produced. So I think, again what he's brought you and what he's on pace for um, has been really strong and he's strengthening his, his uh, case for a bigger contract in a couple of years. So uh, I'd go with him. Heinen's a great one in terms of the value, in terms of just the stable play he gives you. Like I, I love the idea when this team's fully healthy of him potentially on the fourth line, just mm -hmm. because it's a stable guy that Montgomery trusts that you know what you're going to get. Um, so I, I wouldn't hate that either. Geeky's another one. I know Geeky was hurt for quite a bit of time, but when he's been in the lineup, I think he's produced in the top six, in the bottom six. Uh, so Geeky would be another um, in terms of unsung heroes for the Bruins. Um, so now we get to the final question, and it's a big one. We I think we avoided this a couple weeks ago. We, we had a similar conversation, and we, we avoided this question. So um, with the way that the Bruins have played, are you changing any of your early season predictions regarding what their performance will be like come the postseason? 
Uh, I don't think so. You look at it, I, I believe I had them down for finishing second in the Atlantic. I'm still, I think, holding on to that. I feel like I would not be surprised if Florida passes them. Um, I think Florida is playing on just a really good game. The team looks like what they were last year in the postseason. Like that team is scary. Kachuk even wasn't really scoring that much. And now he's starting to heat up, which that yeah. team is going to be a pain in the ass. So um, maybe it's best to avoid them for a round or two if you're the Bruins. But um, I think when this team is playing to its identity and like, I think you saw like that, that game on Monday, it's like, if they're playing like that, I mean, no shit, they have a shutout win. But when you, your goaltending's locked in as it is, your defense is playing smart, simplified hockey in their own zone, and you're getting contributions across the line. If you're getting a power play goal from Pasternak, you're not giving up any chances on the PK. Um, guy like Frederick scores a goal. Like, uh, if the production you're getting up front is then complemented by your defense supporting your your two really strong goalies, you got guys like Frederick or DeBrus playing at a high level, you're going to be a tough out. Like, are they a favorite? No, but. I think when you look at the fact that one, this I think field is wide open this year. There's not like a a team like the you know the Avalanche a few years ago or what have you, where it's like they're the top dog um, in the league. I think if you're a Bruins fan, you'll take maybe being the second you know second in the Atlantic, what have you, and carving your way out to the playoffs and see where kind of the the pieces fall there, as opposed to being the unquestioned top contender and we see how that happens. So. I think if you're a Bruins fan, finish second. You'll take it. Get a nice matchup with the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round again. Ooh. It'll be a fun series. So um, I think I'm sticking with that as, as how it's been. But even if it's, you know, has as we predicted, at least for what I said, I think this whole year has been a very pleasant surprise for you that I think people were expecting to be a bit of a grind, a bit of a bridge year of hopes for maybe more returns down the road. This team is, uh, at the very least, man, it's a, it's a team that's fun to watch, and it's been a fun hockey season so far, which if you're a Bruins fan. Yeah. Should be happy. I completely agree on the that second part. Like it's been a pleasant surprise. I think you and I were both. We thought they would be good, not this good. And I think there were a lot of people who thought they would suck. And it's like, no, they're not gonna suck. Um, I back in September said they were gonna finish third in the Atlantic and that they'd be out in the first round. They'd have a an admirable first round, but they'd be out. Um, I would like to change that. I think the way that they've played, uh, what they've shown. I'd like to change it. So I think I agree with you. I think they're going to, ah, you know what, Connor? I'm going to say they stick in first in the Atlantic. I think they stick. They just, they're playing too well and they find ways to win in the regular season. I think they stick in first. They do not finish as the president's trophy winners, uh, which again, if you're first in your division, you should not be out in the first round. So I'd also like to change that. They will not be out in the first round. I think they win a round. And then after that, I think it's, I don't know. I, I don't have the highest confidence that they win a second round. But again, like, let's just go through that scenario, right? Like, let's say the Bruins um, are in first, okay? And they play the wild card team. So whoever that is, whether it's Tampa, Philly, maybe Pittsburgh. Okay, they win that series, right? Mm -hmm. Tampa's hard. Tampa's going to be a hard series. But they, let's say they win, though. That has gone by my prediction. And then in the second round, they play either Florida or Toronto, right? Now, if it's Toronto, you're fired up because it's Toronto. And if it's Florida, you want revenge after last season. So maybe you win that series, right? And it's the same in your prediction, right? If they, be, they beat Toronto in the first round, won't be an easy matchup because Toronto always has to get past the first round. But they, let, they do. They should. And then they face Florida, who they want to get revenge on, right? And then you get to the conference final and anything can happen. So, like, right. this is like the Charlie Kelly with the, yes, the whiteboard. Yes, of course. But I do think that they're no longer a team that's like, oh, 
get in the playoffs and get experience for the younger kids. Like they are getting to that point where it's like, no, they are they in the, you know at least standings wise, they are a contender to go very deep. And I think we should expect that. So I think they definitely went around, um, and they should get win another round. But I'll, I'll give them I'll give them a pass. But they should win the first round, one hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I'm changing my prediction. They finish first in the Atlantic, and they win at least a round. That's what I say. So yeah, there you go. I'm changing. I'm changing. That's that's fine. That's what we're here for, right? Our opinions can change. So mine uh, mine has shifted. People, people um, can change. People can change, exactly. Um, sloppy steaks and slick-backed hair. I, I, see, the thing is, though, like, going into the year, and I, I feel this every year, last couple at least, you don't want to go in being like, they're going to finish in first, and they're going to go deep, and they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Like, you don't want to do that every year. And I know, like, I think you and I both had them in the Cup last year preseason. Yes. So I was like, I don't want to do that again. I, we can't run that back. Like, especially after losing Bergeron and Krejci, I can't. I can't do that. So I'm like, I got to be, you know, third out in the first round, which I genuinely thought they would be. But yes. things have changed. So I'm going to stick with the, my prediction. Or I'm going to change my prediction to that. Yeah, that's totally fine. That's all that matters. Um, anyways, Connor, what can the people look forward to uh, from you over at the Globe and Boston.com? Yeah, we're going to be covered every step of the way this season, whether it's game recaps, features, columns, video breakdowns. I think we have midseason or just past the midseason report cards coming out as well. So can find all that stuff over at boston.com and the globe if you want to follow me on twitter x whatever it is whatever that dipshit calls it now um you can do that you can follow me at connor ryan underscore 93 go do all that that's connor ryan i'm evan marinovsky you poke the bear listeners have a great rest of your week 